0: Hi, welcome to the Flywheel Film Show. From hazy, smoky Colorado, I'm Jordan.
1: And I'm Austin from my new studio, aka the guest bedroom in Dallas, Texas.
2: And I am Justin coming to you from my already impeccable studio in Nashville, Tennessee. Tonight, we disprove the necessity of more
1: power. We discuss a new frontier and not the one in Star Trek.
0: (laughs) And we give you the backstory of our beloved, fun, affordable cars. Oh, and a Honda Accord. Uh. Wow! <laughs> Got it. Wow! Uh. In the intro, <laughs> throwing shade. Is yeah, why but- they say
2: that anymore. They're <laughs>
0: throwing shade. <laughs> yeah, that just aged you instantly. Um, Sounds like. No, I want to give a quick, <laughs> quick shout out. Our listeners wouldn't know because they're listeners, not viewers. Um, but Austin has a new studio, and by that I mean a finally good microphone. So you may know that you can finally hear his audio correctly. For a while, it was basically me and Justin with proper setups. And by that I mean Justin with a proper setup and me with one that I didn't know how to use. So hopefully all three of us sound better than ever in this phenomenal episode. We honestly won't know until it's up. Yeah. <laughs> We're all banking on who knows what. Yeah. But uh Austin hit us with the news.
1: Yeah. Well speaking of new frontier um, yeah, there is a new Nissan Frontier that's coming out. Well, mostly new. It's a new body, not a new drivetrain. Um, what are your thoughts on that, gents, Other than the fact that uh, it really looks like a Toyota Tacoma. <laughs> well,
0: well, well it, I will say it is a new drivetrain and engine. It just appeared last year, but for Nissan's terms, that's brand. That's brand new. new. Yeah, it could be yeah. five yeah, years I'm, old
1: to be like it's the newest thing we got, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what they, yeah. <laughs> Nissan and Infiniti, they're just really good at stringing things on for a long time. Uh, they they put out a good product and then they ride the coattails of its success far longer than the coattails warrant being ridden. <laughs> so the new Frontier looks good. Finally has updated styling. Uh, it is matching the Nissan design ethos. That is one thing they're pretty good at is having a good, you know, brand design. Um, but get yeah, I like old. it. They show it in new <laughs> colors.
1: The Brand design is old, and they're really good well, at keeping so- that up. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, they have that in the interior, because the interior is like it's updated, but it's not too updated. Where you're like, I don't want to get in this truck because it's too nice. I mean, the knobs. I like that they have. You know, they have the touchscreen. They have Apple Play, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, whatever. Um, but they have physical knobs for like the AC uh, and all that. And it honestly looks like it would come out of a 98 Chevy Silverado because that's exactly what the knobs looked like on my dad's 98 Chevy (laughs) Silverado.
0: Yeah, I, I will say I appreciate the knobs. I'll take that over the freaking capacitive buttons that everyone's trying to go towards now. They're like, oh, this is the future. You just have to touch the button and it works. And I'm like, great, so I have to touch the button 30 times to lower the volume to a reasonable amount. Um, Right. But, yeah, it's it's fine as far as interiors go. I've never been that impressed with Nissan interiors, but I like to see that they have updated it. It's decent. It reminds me, actually, of the Ford Ranger I drove a while back, Um, and that's actually probably one of the closest competitors to this truck. Um, It's the exact same length, like, down to... A couple tenths oh, really? of an inch, I think. And what's interesting is the Ford Ranger has 270 horsepower, 310 pound-feet of torque. And the new Frontier is flip-flopped. 310 horsepower, 280 pound-feet of torque. So comparable. One's just a bit more torquey. One's a bit more powerful. Mm. Uh, the Ranger has more towing capacity. So it's it'd be hard for me to choose this over a Ranger Although this might undercut it a bit, we can't discuss pricing yet necessarily. um, But it's—I think it'll probably be cheaper.
1: I wonder Um, if this will become the poor man's Tacoma because it does have that styling (laughs) and that like look to it. Um, But Nissan, I think, yeah, a-pillar back—it looks just like a Tacoma. Very much has the same stance of one as well. Um, And I think that is something that has kept Nissan fairly competitive. Is how good they are at staying under in price.
0: Yeah, I like the, um, the I like the styling of the Frontier more than the Ranger. I know that I compare them, but the Ranger doesn't really interest me that much unless you get it with the trimmer package. Whereas the Frontier looks pretty good in every photo I've seen. Granted, we don't really know all the details of the different trims and stuff. It may very well be that you would just not want the base model whatsoever. But I... I'm intrigued. It is that beautiful green color in a lot of their photos, um, which I had the new Pathfinder in, and that's I, I like the colors of green. I like when people don't just put out white, black, and gray cars. I think those are obscenely boring.
2: I like those cars. They're <laughs> I timeless. As I,
0: I say that as I have a black and white Miata and a gray <laughs> Escape. But, <you> yeah. know. <laughs> Who's counting? So we'll see how good this is. Uh, I appreciate Nissan updating everything but it's it's just funny like the Frontier went so long without any significant update whatsoever I mean my dad came down to Dallas to visit me in Austin a couple years ago rented a Frontier as a rental car I thought it was like a 2005 I was like how the world did you rent something this old and I get in it's like it had 9,000 miles as a 2018 model year something like that I was like holy cow (laughs) It just looked like 2005. It was pretty bad. Still
2: better than a King Ranch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, well, any car spots this week, I I will briefly mention mine. And this is a a segment we talk about very cool, interesting things we see. Uh, And it's funny because as I'm talking, a C8 Corvette just drove by. Without any sort of appearance package items, and I actually liked it better. So, side note. Uh, but no, we went to a climbing gym. My wife and I, CJ, we went to a climbing gym in Golden last weekend. And there's climbing
1: gyms in Colorado.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. All, probably eighty percent of them are here. Uh, and I we also have dispensaries. Believe it's, or not. it's funny because we all we make stereotypes. All next each other.
1: All next to each other. <laughs>
0: We make stereotypes based on like, oh, you know, what kind of car would this person drive? And that's actually probably a new segment we'll introduce at some point because there's a lot of fun to be had with that. But I was like, yeah, this probably, you know, we're driving to the parking lot. I was like, man, there's Toyotas and Subarus everywhere. And then I started looking more closely and I'm not kidding. A row of 12 cars was nothing but Toyota or Subaru. And I counted. I was like, surely there's something else in there. Nope. Everything was Toyota, Tacoma or Forerunner, and then Subaru, Outback or Crosstrek. It was mind boggling. And then I looked around the parking lot and other rows and yeah, just at least two thirds or three fourths of the cars were Toyota or Subaru. And it's it's amazing. It, it, are you, like I love seeing stereotypes like just live themselves out. <laughs> are,
2: you, are you sure you weren't at a dealership, perhaps?
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because I think a lot of the climbers out here End up like using cars to the last legs. Like they'll buy, you know, they're they're typically smart about it. I mean, some will buy them brand new, some will buy them used, and then drive them till they are literally dead. So probably all those car, those twelve cars, probably had seven million miles between <laughs> them. <laughs> so that yeah, you go was, to
2: the moon and
0: back. Yeah, so it's funny they they use them to their full extent. Was well, because are those their people. Workhorse
2: they only need them to get to where they're hiking. You know, they don't need to get them back. Cause it breaks down like, ah, I'll just, I'll hike back. I'll, I'll climb <laughs> yeah. a mountain to get back to my house. I don't need the car.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Any, anyone else see anything interesting lately?
2: I draw, I draw, I saw the new BMW Z4. That's um, a beautiful car. <laughs> the, yes, it was. I was like, is that a, is that a Supra? But it wasn't. It was a Z4, and it was being driven by someone who actually understood how to drive it. Um, and they passed a car to get ahead of them because they were, the other car was going super slow. So it wasn't a Nissan Altima because that would have been impossible. But they had like 10 car lengths between where they wanted to be and where they were, and so they they really got around that, uh, that the car pretty quick. Yeah, they were, shake- <laughs> they were shaking and baking. <laughs> slingshot engage um yeah i got around and uh, i was like i was very proud i'm very proud to see people drive sports cars the way sports cars can and should be driven it definitely looked like like a jerk move but it was it was a good jerk move
1: i mean it's to be expected for a bmw they give you the keys and they say like disregard everybody else
2: yeah there was no blinker yeah no yeah you I are the blinker. world
1: yeah
0: well, exactly. yeah, that reminds me, at that same gym, that same day, as we were leaving, there is a brand new 4 Series uh, with M package, m four forty whatever, and he, the guy thought he was the coolest thing in the world. He had it parked out front, which said no parking, without his flashers on, waiting to pick up whoever he was picking up, and who knows when they were going to be out there. So basically, he was just blocking the entrance to the parking lot on a weekend with his BMW that he was looking around, making sure people could see him. It was it was phenomenal. Yeah, I've heard
1: people in uh, BMW don't get window tint so everybody can see them driving it. <laughs> it's,
0: a, it's, a, it's a dealer option to remove the window yeah, tint. Yeah, remove tint, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I also saw this really funny uh, meme the other day on the topic of hazards, and uh, it was something along the lines of, guys, you can't use your hazards to park anywhere you want. Like, they're not the park anywhere you want lights. And then the first comment was, you must be using yours wrong. They work pretty well for me. So. <laughs> I well, did that there's the
2: other, that. I did that the other day to get ice cream. I was <laughs> like, is. I'll just park this right in the middle of the street. It'll be fine.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny because Justin talks about that Z4. And I was like, <clears throat> back when we were talking about the Supra, I was like, man, if this was only a convertible. And it's like, well... The Z4 kind of is the convertible <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> four-cylinder Supra. Um, <clears throat> and then I was like, if only it had a manual. And in other parts of the world, not the U.S., of course, the Z4 convertible had a manual. Um, but it apparently was terrible, didn't sell well. It only came with the lowest possible output engine, which we didn't even get in the U.S. because it's so slow. So yeah, they just literally don't care about us manual enthusiasts. Um, So, yeah, and and in fact, Australia discontinued the manual Z4 because in the last two years, they sold two. And for context, um, they sold more new, I think, 2006 Mercedes vans than they did 2021 Z4s.
2: Right. Well, I mean... That's
0: mind-boggling.
2: Z4s can't fit very many... Kangaroos or wallabies. That's
1: got to be the only thing they carry in Australia. I can't, yeah. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> Crocodiles else being maybe. carried.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. But yeah, you definitely need a van for a croc.
1: <laughs> yeah. So well, speaking I of misconceptions and, <laughs> <laughs> and stereotypes <laughs> and. Sorry, that was a reach. That was a reach. But on to our next (laughs) segment of car misconceptions.
2: Today, we discuss and potentially debunk the misconception
0: that more power equals more better. Jeremy Clarkson, hide your eyes or ears. Ears. Um, Ears. Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hide
2: your nose and your uh, tongue.
0: Slow car fast. Hashtag.
1: We have one resident expert on this um, because yeah, the, I
0: think I can speak to this segment due uh, to very well
1: driving style and also vehicle <laughs> ownership.
0: <laughs> he has a Miata. There. That's right. I willingly own a naturally aspirated Miata at high altitude, so I can probably talk about slow car fast. Or out here, it's really just slow car, relatively with speed. It's Relatively not even fast. in motion, K- kind of yeah.
1: quick. <laughs> <laughs> Slow car it's in motion. It's sometimes. amazing.
0: How much faster my car is down at sea level. Um, it's always fun to take it on trips and just. Well, that's because it's a yacht, appreciate. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the closer the sea, the faster. That's it because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, NC Miata jokes. Love it. So, I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, it's it's something that I enjoy because I feel like I'm using almost 100% of my car at any given moment that I want to. Like, it's not fast. It doesn't have turbos or supercharger to help it along, especially in the mountains. But the Meountain, the mountains are twisty roads with lots of switchbacks, um, you know, not that high speed limits, typically 30 to maybe 50. Um, so it's, it's, it's not like you can really use the full car like, I was following a C8 Corvette the other day, and he was just moseying around. He's like, well, I can't even use one-tenth of this power, so I'm just going to drive the speed limit. And I was like, wow.
1: That was probably an old would, man. But What a yeah, sad existence. I, I totally agree. I also don't have a fast car. It's slightly quicker than yours, but according to most car enthusiasts, the Fiesta ST is not a, a fast car. But I do think more than anything, there's... a certain amount of satisfaction that comes when you know you're ringing a car out to its full potential or you as a driver are reaching your limits with a vehicle. Um, I think my 97 Miata is a perfect example of this. I could floor that car wherever I went and I never broke the speed limit, you know? So it's like, it's very, uh, fun to do that and, and know that you're ringing your car out and giving it everything it's got. But, um, you're doing yeah, even, so in a not crazy way. Like you don't have to go to a track or a drag ship to do that.
0: Yeah, even getting on the highway. I mean, I, I just, there's multiple times where I have like launched onto the on ramp, no one's in front of me. I'm just flooring it, getting up to 7,500 RPM, quick shifting to second, and then shifting to third, and I'm like, wow, I'm flying. You just then passed I fly by a past pilot. No, I fly past a police officer, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm dead. And then I look down, I still haven't hit the speed limit. <laughs> <I> st- <laughs> and the police officer probably is making fun of him. He's like, yeah, that, that guy thinks he's, yeah. That's <laughs> just me Bill. of Now, <laughs> Meanwhile, the Altima that flies past me at 120 <laughs> yeah, that At I mean, that's that's the epitome—the
2: speed of light.
0: Yeah. Speaking of using 100% of a car, that's pretty much every Altima driver ever. Yeah. You know, they, they, they bought a Nissan Altima. They thought it was 10 years old. Turns out it was this year's model. Altima um, drivers. Altima <laughs> <laughs>
1: drivers be the type that say, "I paid for the whole speedometer. I'm going to use it." You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs>
0: but it's, it's true like i i go on cruises with lamborghinis gtrs in the mountains and i genuinely have a more fun time i don't know how grammatically correct that was but i i am like totally enthralled by the experience versus they're like still having fun they are objectively fun cars it's cool to drive a gtr or a Gallardo anytime but they're just they're not even going into like third gear ever and they, they just can't use their car to its potential. It's, it's almost like boring for them. So I, I pity the fool that spends six digits. I pity the fool. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Yeah. We I, talked I feel Austin, Austin like yeah, yeah, uh, Austin and I used. Yeah. Yeah, we did. But Austin and I use like 80% of our car at all times. Now, Justin can use 120% of his car and also have fun. So, oh, gosh. Spe- speaking of slow car. Get you guys some shovels with all these digs you're making on that car. <laughs> uh, I do like your car, though. It's, it's useful. It's, it's fast. we we'll yeah. about Jordan's
1: car, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I we should
1: do a drag race. Well, I was literally Austin just thinking that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and we'd have to do it in Texas because I'm pretty sure that's, you know, like that's probably be the only place we could do it. Um, yeah, if we ever come meet up in Texas at the same time. Drag Race. That'll be a that will be a fun one. And Jordan actually has a drone, so we could probably get some footage. So no promises that that will be up anytime soon or even ever, but <laughs> that would be a good idea. Uh, but, yeah, we talked about this before, the idea of the slow car fast and pushing a car to its limits, and that's what makes it fun, you know, and having a super fast SRT Hellcat, you know, whatever they're putting into Dodge nowadays... Um, you just can't use all of it, but even if you could, the majority of people can't use all of it. So it's yeah. like, unless you're in the top 1% of drivers and you're on the track, the majority of the time, you're not truly getting everything out of that car that you possibly could. It's like you're, you, you can only use 80% of the power 20% of the time, if that, and then most of the time you're just using 20% of the power 80% of the time, um, but yeah, I we talked about that before. So it's like, don't think you need to spend so much on the most powerful engine, um, or even a relatively powerful engine. Jordan, you talked about um, this with the four cylinder Supra versus the six cylinder, having more fun in the four cylinder Supra, and because you can push the car more to its razor's edge versus um, the six cylinder. When you tried to push the six, the six cylinder Supra, it was like I could possibly die.
0: Yeah, when I I tried to push the six, you know, I started looking into life insurance and stuff like that versus the four, (laughs) the four was just so fun and like engaging because you're using all of it. It just engages your senses more in a a more fun way. The six engages your senses too, but more of like, you're like defensive driving for the sake of yourself versus the four is like, I'm just using more of it. Granted, it's like the four was still not able to be used entirely. It's just so – yeah, it, it's so good. I, I don't get people's complaints on the 4. I think most people who do have never actually driven it. They just drive the 6 and they're like, well, I could not use less power.
2: And I think, I think that is something to think about for people who are like, I want to get a fun sports car – maybe consider getting a cheaper car that isn't as powerful but then use that extra money to take it to track day so you can actually push it to its very limit and learn how it works for sure that's
1: my biggest thing and another thing the last little point i want to throw on this is i think that the guilt that you get or the lack thereof when you take a Small fun car um, on a drive, and Jordan and I can attest to this: is you get great fuel economy, so there's never any. You don't have to think about, oh, do I have enough gas to do this, or oh, do I want to go on this cruise and and spend a hundred bucks in fuel just to do the cruise? Where our cars sip fuel, and you're looking for excuses to drive your car. Um, And granted, like a hundred bucks of fuel isn't really a massive deal, but in the grand scheme of things, when you're looking at owning a fun car just for that to have it be a fun car, I wouldn't want there to be anything that gets between me and driving my car. Um,
2: or if you're cruising your Aston Martin V12 Vantage with a three gallon gas tank and have to fill up every thirty seconds, yeah, you know. Also, like, the like yeah, that that the, matters too. The
1: preciousness is something that uh, Everyday Driver podcast mm. talks about a lot, which I wholeheartedly agree with. When you have a cheaper car that you didn't max out your budget spending um you don't you're not as inclined to baby it and you're more willing to actually like really drive it and you're not afraid to go take it out on a a cruise where you might encounter a dirt road because you don't care if you get a little bit of rock chips in the on the hood or on the bumper and And I don't know, like you said, Justin, I, I'm a strong proponent of somebody that's getting into cars and maybe has a good budget to play with, go pick up like a Miata BRZ FRS Veloster and pick up a fun enthusiast car that isn't incredibly fast and learn how to drive.
2: Yeah. Learn how to drive it. And then you can use that extra money you've saved to go to tracks, buy some tires, do some upgrades, whatever to it. Um, I had a point that I was going to make. And now, oh, to your point about like getting not getting a car that's too precious, taking that a bit further, the ultimate fun car then would be a rental.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Top Gear proved that, I think.
2: Yeah. You can literally do whatever you want in a rental.
1: 100%. Well, well I mean, f- you
2: might have out some paperwork, but...
1: <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of cars... <laughs> <laughs> all right well you king of transitions
2: the, the ultimate segue has been found
0: we can use that any time right
1: <laughs> nope just this time um we, we have, we're bringing back a lot of segments that we haven't done in a little while this week we're going to be bringing back story time and i thought it would be fun for us to talk about our current cars and uh, either the buying process or just the thought process in what led us to these cars. Um, so Jordan, if you want to get us started, cause you have quite a, a fun little story about how you picked up your Miata.
0: Yeah. Um, and I mean, this, this does go pretty hand in hand with the previous topic because they, we all value slow car fast and yeah, it's, it's interesting. because like, I feel like Austin and I have, you know, our cars are special to us right now because It's something we value. Like, we did a lot of research. We're very thorough with, like, what do we want? What's the ultimate car for us in the moment? And that's probably, you know, Justin can probably talk to that when we get to him, of, like, this may not be his dream car, but it's actually a very practical, useful stepping stone towards that goal. Um, And people just don't always think about the future, which shocks me. But, yes, I've always wanted to be a hairdresser. um, So... (laughs) (laughs) That That checks out. Now I have a a Miata. Um, This is actually my second Miata. So, the first one um, I bought in 2016, right before I got married. And actually, Justin came out right after I bought that, too. So, we had some fun breaking it in, you know, putting on suits, going to the movie theater, um, watching. Yeah, you let me take it on the
2: Twisties and then was like, hey, man, this has 200,000 miles on it. Take it easy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I bought a Miata willingly with over 200,000 miles. Um and it was nearly flawless. I took it on road trips all around the country. It's it's just such the NC Miata, despite its hate is such a bulletproof reliable over-engineered platform. And I I mean I, I've driven every Miata extensively, even every sub-generation and I just Kept going back to the NC as far as the overall feel like it strikes a good balance between a Relatively modern car. It has the creature comforts. I like um, But it's also a quote-unquote raw Older car in the sense of it's easy to work on not a lot of computers to get in the way Um, You don't have to completely reprogram something just to change the oil So I I think it strikes an excellent balance and the it's also extremely practical Um, so I, because it was my only car, I was like, I need something with the most space possible. It's the only Miata that has a retractable hard top convertible. The RF ND is retractable, but it's a fastback, more of a target top, not exactly convertible. And it just didn't suit my interest as well. Plus it was a lot more expensive. So the NC was just basically the best Miata I think money could buy. Um, and the you know, the first one was a lot of fun. It was an automatic though And it made me realize I think I want to get a manual so because of that experience I now have this one which is a few years newer 2012 So forged internals couple more creature comforts slightly better interior Although it still has plenty of creaks and rattles um, But it's a six-speed manual um, So yeah, actually I flew out to Ohio to buy it. Yes, Ohio exists Uh It was it was rough. I When booking the plane ticket, it said, are you sure?
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yes. Go into detail, just for those Miata nerds that are listening, of the two Miata specs that you had, and why you decided to go for the one that you currently mm-hmm. have.
0: Yeah, so the first one was a Grand Touring. And it was 07? I
1: mean,
0: it was 07, so the first year of the Retractable Hardtop, and... I mean, over 200,000 miles, the top still operated like new. I mean, it was engineered to perfection. The Japanese are genius. Um, And I loved it. Um, But it was an NC1, so the first kind of iteration of the NC. Um, It was great, but with NC2, they brought into light the forged internals, um, slightly improved transmission, slightly improved suspension. So I now have the special. (laughs) Yeah, it looks looks better. I mean, that is subjective, but at the same time, if you think the NC1 looks better, you're wrong, um, at least from the factory. <laughs> but yeah, the special edition, which is literally maxed out in every way, it has all the creature comforts of the Grand Touring and all the fun, sporty bits of like the club trim for the NC3. So suspension uh, from Bilstein, limited slip differential, it's a riot. Uh, and yeah, I basically learned to drive manual between Ohio and Denver. Uh, <laughs> trial by fire. Uh, but it was it was a fun trip. And, and people think I'm crazy for going and driving, buying a car sight unseen with a one way plane ticket, but I would do it again. Uh, but hashtag PPI, pre purchase inspection. That's a thing you should do. I did not do it because I'm cheap. Um, so <laughs> you found out that one of more. your
1: brake pads were metal on metal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of my brake pads became metal on metal upon returning to Denver. Yeah, it's essentially a paper plate.
2: <laughs> Man, I can I like to me buying a car sight scene isn't as risky as buying a one way plane ticket to Ohio.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did one of the crazy. I mean, they'll probably film a documentary on my experience at some point. This, this guy went to Ohio willingly with a one way ticket. Took it was really a 90- dramatic
2: music.
1: I took a ninety.
0: I took a ninety mile Uber. To the middle of nowhere, where this car was located. I mean, this was a lot of like step out and. That's a horror movie waiting to happen.
1: (laughs) So the reason, the reason why you went such, literally such great distances uh, to do this was because it was a very limited run, uh, like or not series, but trim level in the uh, in the United States, correct?
0: Yeah. So they only made four hundred and fifty. This year. So the special edition, there's been various special editions over the years, but the only way to get everything that I wanted, which was the looks of like the club trim, the sporty bits of the club trim, but the creature comes with the grand touring, the only way to get all of that is the special edition. And the only way to find a special edition with those looks was 2012. And I wanted white. They came out in white or red. So I wanted white, which limits it to 225. And I think they came in automatic or manual, which means that limits it further. So mine is one of about 150 or so cars and that they came out, you know, about almost 10 years ago at this point. So it was hard to find. I looked for about four months, found one in New Orleans. Um, It was 60,000 miles asking a ridiculous price. Um, But then this one popped up in Ohio at a GM dealership in a town of about 700 people. And they basically had no idea what it was. They had it listed for way below Kelly Blue Book value, like three grand below. So I, I mean, I called them, couldn't sleep until they called me back. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, we still have it. I was like, I will be there this weekend. (laughs) Hold
2: that. Man, that's, that's a tough decision to make, like either Ohio, okay, so you have to worry about rust potentially, or in New Orleans where you just have to worry about the vehicle existing.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah, I that was a consideration, and the fact that this only had 29,000 miles, um, it was a little bit older, but it had they had said it was not driven much in winter. Um, of course, when I get there, there's a bit more rust than I expected, but it is actually entirely surface rust, like it's just a couple bolts underneath the car but otherwise it's in really good condition um, the brake calipers are a little bit crusty but they can be cleaned off and I'll probably actually make a video on that at some point cleaning them off and painting them red because I'm a sellout to the sporty nature because uh, <laughs> that makes you fast for some reason um, so Yeah, but yeah, the pre purchase inspection would have been a great idea because they would have seen a bit more that the dealer did not see or catch. Like the two of the tires were actually the original tires made in 2011. So way too old to technically safely be driven. And the brakes were, I mean, nearly gone. And so when they said the brakes were fine, they must have just measured the rears because the fronts were like almost gone. So a pre-purchase inspection would have caught all of that.
2: And you talked about this in the video on the channel, correct? On our Flywheel Films YouTube channel that you can check out now uh, online
0: on the internet. So, Justin, tell us about your car. I don't want to.
2: Okay. I have a
1: 2015
2: gray Honda Accord with over 100,000 miles. It runs fine. It drives, and it's still driving, and will drive until infinity.
1: Uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah.
2: <laughs> no, no,
0: no, nothing special about it. But it was a well-educated practical car that you
1: probably still re- did some research
0: on. on, right? I mean, you're still, yeah, you're paying on it. But you, you didn't just go buy a Chevy Malibu. Like, no, that would have been a tragic decision. No, yeah, I mean so I. I, I mean
1: Apollo, I. Impala,
2: yeah. Well, so I had the <laughs> Impala before, and I was like, I think I'm done with it. Like, well, and that was a Series Two engine. It was a 2004. I mean, it's a good engine. So I was, that was a good car, but I was like, I don't want to. I was like, I wanted something different. I knew I wanted something. I didn't want Chevy, and I was like, but I want a practical car, and Honda Accord is just always sits at the top of you know best sedans. I knew I didn't want a truck or an SUV um, or a minivan. Or literally anything else that wasn't a car. So looked at sedans, 2015 Honda Accord Sport Package. Um, it was reasonably priced and had low miles on it. Um, so I knew that it was just going to last forever. Carfax was good. I mean, it's it it was a logical decision. Only there was really no emotion to it whatsoever, except that I knew I didn't want to go with the same manufacturer that I had driven my previous two cars. Um just because I I wanted to try out something different and that was how I decided to do it. But it it has paddle shifters um and a sport mode that actually changes uh changes the revs, even though it's a CVT. So I get to downshift and feel like Dom Toretto and then I shift back into drive and then I shift back down in, to sport and that's sh- it's great. It's great fun. Um <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was a purely head decision. or it, it wasn't a heart decision. So I'm, I'm hoping this head decision will last me long enough so that I can make a heart decision.
1: Speaking there of uh, heart decisions, um, so my Fiesta is my seventh car. Um, I have... And you're like nine, so that's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't even uh, read yet. So I, uh, yeah... Per our previous conversation, I'm a big fan of Silicar Fast as well. Uh, my first enthusiast car was a 2000 Celica GTS that Jordan and Justin actually drove manual in, maybe for the first time. Um, and I really love that car. Um, had a lot of personality, very high revving motor, if you're unfamiliar. It revved to like 8K. It was nuts. Um, and then after that, shortly after, I got a 97 Miata M Edition that made me really love cars that handle well and that you can just chuck into corners um and it was not new enough uh for those of you that don't know the NA miata was introduced in like 89 in Japan and 1990 in the US and yep. If you're on, if you're like at modern day highway speeds, you're sitting at like close to 4,000 RPM. So you're just like getting a headache because the thing is so loud. Um, so after that, I made the practical decision to buy a hatchback and had a Scion XD with a five speed manual. And that car just ran. It's basically a Toyota Corolla um, with the, the motor in the chassis. So that car was great. Um, I showed Jordan with that car that you can polish a turd by putting cool wheels and a roof rack on it. Uh, <laughs> That's true.
0: Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, it's funny because, I mean, the wheels made sense. The roof rack, no I sense. think, was cool. No sense. But... C- CJ, my wife is like, I, "What are you doing? What What are you gonna put on the roof rack?" And Austin's like, "Nothing. Uh, nothing. I have no.
1: <laughs> I have no reason for it except She's for like, hot boy points. What? But it looks so cool, man. When I when I sold yeah, that it car, solid. it was tough, but I wanted to upgrade to something a little bit more fun. Strongly considered a Fiat Five Hundred Abarth because Jordan at the time had a Fiat Five Hundred, and I kind of liked the quirky styling of it and a very unique car. And the Abarths are a blast to drive if you've never driven one." Would highly consider. Um, but actually when I was checking out in a bar. That same dealership had a Fiesta ST. Which I was also kind of like doing some research on the side. And knew that a lot of critics raved about how well it drove. for, Especially for a front wheel drive car. Um, yeah after I drove it. That's kind of game over. I made my decision. And uh, didn't like the specific one that I drove. I wanted to get a color. Because every Fiesta ST you see. It seems to be white or black or gray. And I really wanted to get a color. Ended up finding a Kona Blue Metallic with a orange Recaro interior, which come to find is one of the more rare configurations uh, in that car, and doubled my budget, and I bought it. (laughs) Uh, But it's been a wonderful car. I have thoroughly enjoyed it, and I have done some mods to it, which I'll probably post a video here pretty soon about what those mods are in depth and why I I chose to go for those. But um, yeah. What was your budget? I started. I wanted to stay like under eight thousand dollars. I wanted to like pay cash and just Smart. get a nice car. And then yeah, after I drove it, I was like, like I said, really good at making heart decisions. So I was just like, yep, I need this. So uh, yeah, I ended up going for uh, for like fifteen, just under fifteen out the door, which. Oh wow. Isn't a crazy amount, especially for uh, for that car. A lot of people spend like eighteen to twenty on the uh, on a fairly new Fiesta ST, gently used. So um, that's what mine cost. Yeah, so you could have had a Fiesta ST, and here you are. I could
2: have had a Fiesta Fiesta ST shifting
1: gears in a CVT. I'm upset now. Well, on that note,
0: if 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 you (laughs) want to double if you want to double your budget for what you're selling your car for, spray paint the interior orange. That's what I'm learning. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. And write Recaro with your non dominant hand. (laughs) The Sharpie. R I C K A R. I got
1: them Carraro seats. Uh, Well, on Justin's sadness, we will end today's show. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening in.
2: Yeah. If you have questions, corrections, commentary, or want to send me an electronic letter to make me feel better, (laughs) Um, feel free to hit us up on Instagram Facebook even email at
0: theflywheelfilms at gmail.com yes please send Justin your condolences Um, and if you enjoyed the show (laughs) you might like our other things too Instagram and YouTube we mentioned some of our videos um, have a majority of our content at Flywheel Films. and my Miata has an Instagram at ghosty.miata if you want to see this special edition
1: you can find my fun little fiesta on Instagram at kona.party.st
0: and I don't have
2: Instagram, but you can reach me by calling and asking about my car's extended warranty. All right. Thank you all for listening and goodbye. What we should
0: do is make Justin an Instagram for his, <laughs> his accord. Oh my gosh.
2: I'll get i Jordan, I'll get your camera to start taking like really awesome pictures, but only from one side because the other headlights busted. <laughs>